What is good, Washington Football Addicts, Washington Football Nation? Welcome back to another episode. It is Tuesday. Yeah, sorry we can, couldn't get this misery of Monday off last night, so we're doing it on Tuesday. Yeah. December 14th. After that shellacking we took last night, the other day from the uh, old Dallas Cowgirls. This is episode 101, and we're calling this one, It Was All Good Just a Week Ago. That's right. <laughs> You know the Jay Z and Too Short song. You know exactly. Yeah. So I mean, think about it. A week ago, a week ago, fellas, we were talking about playoffs. Playoffs. We was we were talking division about division titles. Division titles. We were talking about playoffs. Drafting playoffs. quarterback next year, and then we're back to where we were <laughs> four weeks ago. Before the win streaks, but this is this is a good segue into our next segment. But before we get started, we just want to say thanks for tuning in. I'm Steve. We got Phil at the bottom, and we got Deb at the top, chilling tonight. You know, not even hurt. We just gonna get through this. We're gonna get through this together. We're gonna get through this together, and we're gonna talk about some some uh, some Dallas and Washington game. So. Let's talk about overreactions. What is an immediate, without even, you know, off the cuff, overreaction to this game? And, Phil, I'll start with you. Wake me up when December ends. Um, No. Uh, I'll be honest with you. The overreaction is, oh, my God, we – Everybody's hurt. Everybody's got COVID. Everybody is, everything is going wrong. Oh my God, the sky is falling. Here comes the negative part of fan base. Here comes the rain again. Talk about how we should fire the coach. Oh, that, that's my, that's my overreaction is, oh my God, I've got to deal with these assholes again that haven't been around for four weeks. Yeah, and that's my overreaction. I don't have any real overreaction towards the team so much as my overreaction is towards the fan base. All right, now what's your underreaction? What's your what's your underreaction? What's your something that probably should be a bigger, but you're just like, eh. We lost to the Cowboys, which is a division loss to a team, the one team that was ahead of us in the division, our biggest rival, and yet I don't. Feel like we're that second class to them after this game. I'll get into that more later. Okay, that's fair. Hey, Dev, what's your immediate overreaction of this twenty-seven twenty loss? Oh, Dallas Cowboys. My real immediate reaction was, "Damn, man, it's going to be hard to make the playoffs." That's what I thought, but. We're still mad. We're still in it. We're the seventh spot we're still, now. We're still, we're still in it. You know, still in it. And um, you know, we can still, we can be even more in it. We just need a little help now. But that's my, that's my uh, overreaction. I guess destiny is still in our hands. It is. Right. Do you have an underreaction? Something that you really don't really care about too much. It's probably a big deal. Oh uh, well. I know a lot of people's underreaction is uh, Gibson fumbling, but I think that's a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's this dude good has, like, dicks for fingers, bro. That's a good one. And they're always in the worst spots. They're always in the worst spots. If you think about it, I mean, a lot of them have been in the red zone, right? I'm telling you, dude, he's got cold or dicks after for fingers. a big game. <laughs> Actually, I'll yeah, say this. What he, he fumbles the ball more when he's not getting the ball. When he's getting 25 27 carries he's secure with it it's almost like he's a rhythm runner no nah, like he, he fumbles. it's like it's like it's like adrian peterson you can't he's win with him getting the ball goes. 10 times you had to give him the ball 20 times to get him going yeah. like he's one of those guys that gets better as the game goes on i think gibson runs better when he's fed the ball more i don't know if it's if he's not as part of the game plan he lap he has lapses in focus but it's Something I've noticed more. He has more fumbles in games where he has less touches. It no, it's true. You're right. Uh, Adrian Peterson was a, a great comparison because it was frustrating for him to get 
you know, 2.3 yards, 2.5 yards. And all of a sudden you keep going. It's like, Oh, he rips off a 20 yarder, rips off a 15 yarder. But yeah, those volume runners, very, very common. Uh, I think, I think you're right. He is a volume runner, but I think it's almost seemed to always happen when he's extending, trying to extend the yards. So like yeah. every time it's never like in the backfield or him in the backfield, making a move, it's always him trying to fight for extra yard or something. He just doesn't go down. And I, you know, you want to appreciate that. But, dude, if you want to be that kind of running back, man, put two hands on a motherfucking ball, bro. Yeah. Someone made you know, a comment uh, today on uh, Kevin, is, Kevin Sheehan's radio show and said, I, you know, I bet you Jared Patterson wouldn't do that. And then Kevin made a good point. We don't know if Jared Patterson was right. He doesn't play enough. He doesn't get just enough like, carries. He like could be just, know, you know. He got like what? Se- he got seven touches. He got seven carries in the last game. Man, I'm still rolling with think, Gibbs. I do I'm, think you're not going to see Gibson fumble – any bold prediction already. Don't think he's going to fumble anymore this year. He seems to respond well when when Rivera decides to bench him for yeah. fumbling. I think he took him out what two series. This one was this one was a much shorter break than last time. It was a what a whole quarter. They took him out the rest of the game, bro. No, he yeah, didn't come back, back the rest of the game. He yeah, didn't. It was Patterson rest of the game. Yeah, it was no, no, Patterson no. and Jonathan Williams. Jonathan Williams who actually played well. No, no, no. I'm talking the last game. Remember when he? Oh, the, yeah, the previous game? time he took him out oh, for a drive oh, and a half. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that says something. It's like, okay, you did it again. You're out the rest yeah. of this game. Yeah, that's you do it again. Bad. You're losing your starting job. Yeah, escalate the penalty. Yeah. My immediate overreaction to this is, oh my gosh, our quarterback sucks. We're we're back where we were, square one. The world's blowing up. We have nothing on this team. But then when you take a step back, it it's really not as bad as we think it is. We're still in the playoff hunt. We're I, I don't, still, still mathematically in it. It's five, four games left, all division. It's it's huge. But, uh, but the immediate, you know, overreaction was, oh, my gosh, the season's over. It's not over. You know, being in those stands, being surrounded by Dallas Cowboy fans as we lost, I felt like our season was over. But you know what? It's not. My underreaction was like kind of like you, Phil, and that we lost to Dallas. I don't It's not a really a big deal. Yeah, I don't like losing to Dallas, but. If you guys remember, I was the only one who predicted a Dallas win. My score was completely wrong. I said 34-31, but I predicted a Dallas win. It, I just kind of expected it in my head. I just felt like we had too many injuries and we were just we were just not where we needed to be. So I it's it we doesn't really lose bother me. We, we right. The magic had to end at some point, and it just sucked that it had to be against Dallas. Dallas. I would have rather lost last week. Yeah. My heart but told me know, that was gonna happen too. If, That's why I kept saying we're gonna lose. If it makes you feel better, I'd much rather be getting hot in the last three, four games yeah. this season than over the last seven, because eventually the, the the odds are going to be against you. Yeah, I'm more true. I'm more concerned. I'm more concerned with these next games because of all the COVID outbreaks and the injuries than yeah, I am against, uh, than I am versus losing to Dallas. I mean, it sucks to lose to Dallas of all people, but I didn't think I honestly didn't think we were gonna win how long how much gas do we have after all these injuries against a team that's formidable well i yeah, think we that, did admirably if you if you want to be honest um i feel horrible about the game planning and the struggle in the first quarter that was terrible man i mean Haneke was piss water man shit water whatever you want to call him it was terrible man you know quite honestly but you know, those plays downfield, I don't get mad at because that's a quarterback that's down two or three scores that's trying to make plays. You know, sometimes it pays off like Cam Sims. Sometimes it doesn't, and you intercept it or almost intercept it. So yeah. I, you take the good with the bad. That tip ball interception on a uh, screen, that was just a damn good play by Lawrence. And then uh, the other uh, fumble, that was a, just a damn good play by the other linebacker, man. It's just good players make good plays, man. I'm not going to hate on, on the turnovers, but – I'm just glad we true. play with them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Good players make good plays. You're right. That that That's the case, and that's exactly what happened at this last game. Uh, let's run through the scoring. The scoring not a good quick. player because he didn't make any plays except for that, <laughs> that Cam Sims pass, and he literally had to put his entire soul into that one. Right. So so Phil and I were at this game. We tailgated. It was fun. The vibes were good. It wasn't – it was pretty, pretty chill. You know, everyone was into it. Not a lot of uh, – you know, not a lot of violence or craziness. It was a good, good atmosphere in the red zone, a lot of FedEx field. So my hat's off to to those who, who tailgated out there. And 
going into the stadium was cool, but lots of Dallas Cowboys, lots of blue and silver, blue and silver, white, the, the entire bowl across from behind the Dallas bench, all blue and silver. And what really pisses me off is that an opposing player should not be able to turn around, hype up the crowd, and it actually makes a difference. Someone, we should not hear booze for our team running out of our own tunnel. Like that's the shit that pisses me off. And it happened. And we know there's a lot of Dallas fans in this area that, you know, we call them NBDs, dead if you don't know what they are. Never been to Dallas. There's a whole thing called being an NBD where you're a Dallas fan in the DC area and you ain't never been to Dallas. You can't pick out another city inside Texas outside of Dallas. You don't even know where Dallas is. We call those NBDs. The whole YouTube video on it, I'll, I'll send it to you. It's hilarious. But yeah, they, they took that's over like, that lower. That's like Rob being a, a Raiders fan living in Kansas, right? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, he's only had a, he's only had a few weeks to get to uh, to Vegas. You know, let's give him a little time. He's been he's probably been to Vegas before though. No, yeah, we, remember we 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 discussed this when we were going to plan our own Vegas trip. But he'll he'll hopefully get there. I mean, he made it to Arrowhead. That's true. And he got I mean, to see a much worse game than we did. Yeah, at least we had a chance. True. Sorry, so, enough of the rod. Let's, let's, get, back to this. Right. let's get back to this. <laughs> Scoring drives real quick. So they, Dallas came out gunning, you know, 3-0, 35-yard field goal, 941 in the first. Touchdown, seven-yard pass to Amari Cooper with 345 left, and they went for two and and, and got it, 11-0. to zero. We were trying to figure out why did they go for two, but then, you know, they had the penalty – on the extra uh on the previous play which moved it up from uh, one yard so why not right yeah uh, and then the end of the first quarter was the taylor heineke fumble return for 37 yards by dorance armstrong 18 to 0 at the end of the first that was a crucial crucial play and i didn't michael parsons cause that fumble if i'm not mistaken yep okay second quarter field goal 502 left 21 0 19 seconds left, 37-yard field goal by Zerlon, 24 to nothing going into the half. And, Dev, if you could have been there, like, we were just – we had nothing to say. We were just kind of just there at that point. And these Dallas fans would not shut up. They were just loud, boisterous, dancing, and rightfully so. I mean, they were kicking our ass in our own stadium, but it was awful. Coming out in the third quarter – Seven minutes left. Taylor Heineke throws that. He escapes. He eludes, and he throws that pass to Cam Sims for forty-three yards in the in the touchdown, in the in the back corner of the end zone, and we got the two-point conversion, twenty-four to eight. That was a crazy play. That was a fifty-fifty ball that he threw up to Cam Sims, and Cam's converted. It was great. How did it look on TV, Dev? It it looked like there was a pepper and a lot of uh, Dallas fans there. It looked like crazy. <laughs> yeah, how did that? How did that catch look? Though. How did that, how did look that on TV? Had that catch from Cam Sims look on TV? Where that forty-three yard, fifty-fifty ball, where Cam jumped up, came down with it, and it was very uh, well. Was, I thought when it when it happened, I thought immediately it was a touchdown. I didn't think it yeah. wasn't like on, from my end. I was like touchdown. And then it was going back. I said, wait a minute. They said it wasn't. They challenged that, and I was like, they said it wasn't a touchdown. Like it clearly was a touchdown to me. Like I could see his whole like thigh, or chin, or whatever fall hit the ground. I seen all that. I was like, that's a catch. I was yeah. just worried about if it he was, the it was very know. obvious on yeah. the screen in the stadium. And, it and, all uh, goes back you know to what the call was. I'm going to say something people are going to hate. Right. Kudos to Dan Snyder. Those are some beautiful screens in that stadium because you see everything yeah. very clearly. They're not the biggest screens, but they are crystal clear, and you could easily see it. That was a touchdown in the stadium. Yeah, I can yeah. hear. There were a lot of times I could hear like, uh, like. What's the little slot receiver's name? Winfro. You mean on the Cowboys? Not Winfro. I'm tripping. Uh, Coop Cooper. No, I'm not Amari yeah. Cooper. You're talking about um. Yeah, I'm talking about Amari C- Cooper. CD Lamb. CD Lamb. No, he's talking about. No, I'm talking about Amari Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, that's what I heard. No. Yeah, I kept hearing. I don't know why the fuck I said Winfro, but yeah, Cooper. Um, I said everything when he caught the ball. I heard them. That was kind of. It kind of pissed me off. Former Raider, bit. by the way. Right, Amari Cooper. Right. So, but other than yeah. that, 
it, I could see it in the background. There was a lot of blue in there. We couldn't tell on the exactly what the call, I mean, what if it was going to be turned over or not. But it all goes back to the call on the field, what the original call on the field is. That determines can they overturn it or reverse it. Hey, I man, think I the original call was them. Is Sheriff the worst lineman on our team? No, no, he just was the worst. I think he was one of the worst linemen at that game. Jeez, man. It was pretty like, bad. Who do, what lineman do you trust less than him? Less? Right. Like starting? Right. Exactly. If you got to think about it, then why the hell is he all pro? <laughs> like, even if you could think about it. Like, like, I don't, I don't. He was, um, from what I saw, like, lazy. Man, there was, was just, plays that were supposed to develop, and he missed blocks, and he got whipped. Man, he got beat yeah. like, like, uh, like he, uh, like you know, he owed he got somebody beat money, like a Salvation Army drum. Man, mm. so that takes us to uh, twenty-seven eight going into the fourth quarter. Twenty-seven, uh, Dallas gets the third, uh, uh, twenty-nine yard field goal. Twenty-seven eight, fourth quarter. Jonathan wins, rushes the middle for one yard, 27 to 14. Kyle Allen passes to Ricky Seals Jones on a failed two point um, conversion. Yeah, so Ricky, we're down Ricky by, botched that one. Yeah, yeah he should have caught that one. And then Cole Holcomb intercepts Dak Prescott for a pick six, 27 20. And then Brian Johnson misses the extra point. Hits it. I, for, we were on the side. I, I don't know if it got blocked, but it definitely was low. Low trajectory. It, 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 was, it was bad. And then that's but, the end of the game. That's but, the end of the game. Okay. Rewind for a second. Cole Holcomb picks off that pass. At this point, I lose my entire mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Steve. Steve can, be, can attest to this. I started getting maniacal because I'm like, oh, my God, we're about to do this to Dallas, and this is going to be amazing. Like, I've, I'm thinking we're going to get yeah, this. I called call you guys on the uh, Facebook. Yeah. A lot of fans had stuck around. A lot of Washington fans left. We stuck around, and it got quiet fast. Oh, it got real Two minutes quiet. left, and we, were going, and we lined up for that drive. We lined up for that drive. DeAndre, DeAndre Carter drops that ball. Very good ball Beautiful from Kyle pass. Beautiful pass. ball. And he drops it. He drops it. And then the next play, I believe, was the forward pass slash fumble and then game over. But the, it was, the, the, you know. Non-fumble fumble. I, yeah. Phil, Phil feels different. But I personally feel Dallas dominated that game from start to finish. And, and I feel like the score should have been a lot worse. And for it to be 27-20 with two minutes left and we had an opportunity to go down and tie it, or win it, it just felt. I felt that. honestly, honestly, I honestly, felt though, they only dominated the first quarter. They got eighteen in the first quarter. They dominated the first half. Twenty-four nothing. I feel. Let's let me yeah, let me let me true. let me clarify something you said there. I feel like their defense was dom was pretty dominant. I did, was not impressed by their offense. Hmm. Like yeah. I left that game. I left that game thinking, you know. If we could just string together some drives, totally different game because their offense. We, I remember I said my key to the game was we have to contain Dallas's offense. You can't stop them, but you can contain them. We contained them. I felt By like any we, statistical measure, we contained their offense. I felt like we ran less motion on offense. Like there were less. I felt like with the way they were so aggressive on defense. We should have thrown a lot more motion at them so we could get a few more tellers for quarterback to see. You know what I'm saying? But it it seemed like they ran less motion. There was less Samuels and uh, Carter running around in the backfield this game. I don't know if it's because McKissick wasn't in there. I don't know if they just didn't. By the way, um, Gibson is terrible at third down blocking, man. Is he? Man, he's not you used to playing the, third down, man. It's crazy. He just threw Parsons threw him out the way for the one in the uh, busted up he's the middle. A, well, again, he's a rec- he, he's a converted receiver. All they right, kept right. splitting him out wide, which what we saw, we're like, and never threw I, him I, the ball. 
I do like that, but I'm saying it just seemed like a lot less motion to run. Like we were motioning guys out the backfield and then running the opposite way the last game. This game was like a whole lot less. It was basically just straight line runs. I feel I like, felt like I feel like Scott Turner pulled out his pre bye week playbook instead of oh, his yeah, post bye week playbook because you saw all mm-hmm. the stupid passes. Yeah. It's funny how we only threw Heineke only threw 25 passes, but I swear to God, it feels like he threw 45. Because we didn't have the ball that much because, you know, he has sub-50% 50 50 completion day. Uh, there were some drops, too, out there. Uh, yeah. yeah. He, Two let, of he, hung, he, hung out to drive. he hung McClellan out to drive because he had a touchdown. He got that pass off earlier. Man, I don't know if he could have, but I felt like he could have got that pass off earlier. Got pop- really, you got to start the, – the con on Heineke that I always bring up about his pocket awareness really showed itself. Like, he just did not feel the rush coming, even if it was coming fast. Like, when he when he fumbled that ball, like, I returned for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like, I just felt like Heineke just had no idea that a guy was coming right in front of him. That wasn't even blindside. That was, yeah. that was in his face. And he's so focused on looking downfield for whatever that he never felt that rush coming in front of him. That they did exactly happen. what I wish we would do with a sweat or young, where they put him like at a at kind of a middle linebacker, let him shoot the, either the gap up beside the the right or the left of the the t- guard, kind of confused. Like th- that was that was what they were doing out there with Parsons. Man, he was just choosing which way against a, against like basically a four string center. That's a lot to ask. So they were then having Gibson step in and chip him and block him and stuff, and then they take him outside, so you wouldn't never know where he's lined up at. Like that's where they need to use uh, Chase Young and Sweat, basically. Yeah. Well, let's roll into the next segment. We do this on all the post games. You know, we like to call this the the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, Dev, we'll start with you. What was the good? What was the bad? And give us an ugly. Uh, Landon Collins was the good for me. I told, I told, I think I hit you up in between in the middle of the game. I said nobody's talking about this, but Landon has two sacks and an interception. And I don't know how many times he had, but it seemed like he did pretty well. I mean, they, I didn't see a lot of crazy things going over the middle. Um, uh, I guess the touchdown pass, but that was probably more on uh, was that Fuller, whoever supposed to be over the middle there, somewhere. But um, I think Landon will be my good. What was the bad? Um, Gibson fumbling. Terrible, yeah. man. I, I I mean, I like Gibson, man. I'm not giving up on him being a starting running back, man, but he's got to, you know, learn to carry the ball with two hands. This is why I wanted to keep Adrian Peterson, man, like just to have him there. Um, but the ugly would be basically the first quarter, the offensive line and Haneke was basically just manhandled. Um, the offensive line just got the shit beat out of him, basically, just to be honest. Yeah, um, and that was their first, about either, but. That was the first time since week two that they had Parsons, Gregory, and Lawrence on the field at the same time. So we were facing them full up first time. Right. And we just weren't ready. You're right, man. You're right. But not okay. enough bullets in the in the uh, not, gun that's right. What you got, Phil? Good, bad, ugly. We never got well, I guess. Okay. Um the good. Our defense doing what they needed to do to keep us in, you know, in a position to make the game competitive despite the offense. I mean, your offense continually going three and out, you're going to start allowing sustained drives, but Dallas had to earn their earn their uh, their yards. Look, Dak was at a 56% completion percentage, which is well under what he normally does. He only had 211 yards passing on 39 attempts. We had four sacks and two picks on him. Um, their running backs, Clement and Zeke, were both held to under four yards of carry. Um, I think the defense did what they needed to do. If our offense had shown up, we would have won this game. Um, the bad... Uh, the play calling was bad. Um, I, I, I feel like we regressed. Are, are we, had, we had a regression in play calling. Scott Turner called the type of game 
that we lambasted him for pre pre week. Yeah, it just seemed weird. Like, like it, I just, it didn't seem the same. That's what I was saying. It just it seemed like a lot less motion. I might be tripping, but it just now maybe no, it didn't seem the same at all. You're right. Now maybe they saw something in Dallas's defense where they felt that if they did the motion, it was playing into some strength that it. I don't know. I wonder if it's I, because they have so many. I don't see what they. I don't see what they saw. But then again, I don't have access to all the game tapes, so maybe they saw something. Uh, I don't know. I wonder if it's because the linemen and the tight ends were so mixed match that there's certain things that guys aren't comfortable running with certain players. Down it's the not field. like those guys haven't been playing in previous games, though. We've been playing injury, playing backups for several weeks now, because every week you're like, "Oh my God, how many more injuries can we sustain?" Oh, well, now we're, we're finding out, but. Uh, I haven't really watched the game. I don't think it's that. Like they know the offense. They know they know the offense well enough. We didn't stop running those same plays when Keith, Keith Ishmael was in there against the Raiders. You know, but I think the play calling just regressed. I don't know if Scott just fell back on what he knows, or you know what he used to know. I don't know. The ugly. I'll catch a lot of heat for this. More reg- the regression of Taylor Heineke. 11 for 25 is no no good. And I know everybody's going to say, the line, the line, the line. Yes. But again, questionable pocket awareness. An inability to get rid of the ball when the heat's on. Um, throwing, you know, tip, tip the balls usually come from not getting the ball up either. And again, Taylor Heineke has to loop balls in. Um, Steve and I both noticed this. You don't, we, we, we talk about Heineke has, has a weak arm. You don't realize how weak his arm is until you see this offense run with Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen, the ball yep. comes out so much faster, so much harder, so much more on point with how frozen rope those balls are. And Kyle Allen doesn't even have an above, he has an average NFL arm. And he looks like he's Brett Favre just lasering balls in compared to Heineke. And I, I actually said, one, there was one ball that was dropped that, that uh, Allen threw. And I turned to Steve and I said, I don't think they're used to the ball coming in this hard. They're used to Taylor. Yeah. And there is something to that with timing and everything else. I mean, there is actually some truth to that. But it was kind of more of a reference to the fact that Kyle Allen throws a harder ball. He can and look at the look at the deep pass that Heineke threw to Cam Sims, and then look at the one DeAndre Carter dropped that Allen threw. Taylor Heineke scrambles out of the pocket, has to put his entire life into this high arcing ball. He has to arc the ball up, way up to Cam Sims. And Cam Sims is a couple yards deep in the end zone. So let's say it's about 50 yards. And it was almost a straight shot downfield because he had rolled out. Kyle Allen stands back there, flicks the ball, which is a normal throw, gets the ball, what, 30-some yards downfield and 20 yards to the right because he's going from the pocket to the sideline. And he has it on point to an outstretched DeAndre Carter. Like, that, you couldn't – that was a dime. Yeah. And I think that that's your difference between Heineke's arm and Kyle Allen's arm. Now, I'm not saying you're saying Kyle Allen is a superior quarterback to Taylor Heineke. Nope. I'm not going that far. But he's got a superior arm. Yeah. And lest we forget – Quarterbacks are supposed to throw the ball. Man, if Taylor had Kyle's arm, he would be. If Taylor, yeah, if Taylor great. had Kyle's arm, which means if Taylor had an average NFL arm, yeah, he'd be such a better quarterback. Yep. Heart yep. and determination in Taylor is mountainous. I will never fault him for that. Yeah, very but true. At some point, you hit a wall if you don't have the talent to match. Yeah. Okay. Well, my good, I'm going to say it's Cam Curl. It was great to see him when Terry went down to get Me, Cam Sims. the spotlight and be the big 6'4", I think he is, 6'4", receiver that 
six five. Thank you, Phil. Six five receiver that he is. Big body, you know. That's my good. Right now, you ever wonder why he hasn't played? You ever wonder why he hasn't played? No, we were talking about the stadium. Like this is pure evidence that he could be a clear number two. Has he ever been in a game where he just doesn't? When he's in the caught on to play more, he always makes plays. It's not like he happens to make them. They went, it goes from Terry sense. Terry to, you could argue it was DeAndre Carter as a number two. I, it should be Chris Samuels. He ain't doing shit. Right. So I do understand to an extent. It's like you got money invested, Curtis Samuels. You got money invested. You know DeAndre Carter is has surprised, but mix it up. Yeah, you, you can keep bodies fresh. Supplement it out frequently. I know Cam Sims gets subbed in. You know he runs a lot of snaps, but he does them on run plays because he's a good blocker. Let him run some routes and catch some balls too. Yeah. Keep that defense guessing. If you're subbing in and out, this is the Joe Gibbs model. Constantly keep bodies coming in and out of the game. All right. You keep the defense. The defense has to adjust to your personnel. All right. Eventually you catch them in a mismatch. It always yeah. happens. It never fails. You know, and look, everybody talks about Trayvon Diggs. Who did Cam get that touchdown on? Diggs. Yeah. Trayvon Diggs. Who did Terry? I think Diggs has problems with receivers over six feet because Terry abused him um, last year. Hell, if Terry didn't get dropped straight on his head, he would have had a big catch too. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to show you. some stats here in a second or some PFF stuff. Um, all right. So my good Campson, my bad clearly is. I'm going to say that for the ugly. I'll say my bad is. Terry going down. If Terry can't, uh, Terry doesn't play, hang it up because he ain't winning. Mm, nope. Nope. I got faith. I, I Cam yeah. Sims. It, well, yeah. If they can game plan for him and design around him, if they can expand on what we saw last week, I, I would definitely change that opinion. But it's just, it's just scary when if there's going to be no Terry next week. It is weird. MGG sighting. Yeah, the legend of AGG, my man. I hope he comes. And then uh, the ugly was just, I'm going to say the offense in general. Like you guys already said it, the play calling, the so quick to abandon the run. I know we got down real fast, but it was just terrible. And what I want to do right now is you guys have both talked about some of the things I'm about to show. And Dev, initially, so... Let me get rid of this ticker here. Um, this is not good, bad, ugly. So this is the pass blocking, according to Pro Football Focus. Sadiq Charles, you know, he, he had eight snaps, but he had the highest grade at 81.2. So Charles Leno, of all the people who played all game, the highest rated pass blocking for our left, you know, he left tackle. Yeah. Um, you know, he went down and Sadiq came in, but Charles Leno played his ass off. Second, Brandon Sheriff was the second best pass blocker on the line. It, I, you might not have, you might not feel that way, but it, I mean, was to, it was it was it that, that grade, grade is is okay? But say, what did you say, Dev? How many sacks he allow? Um, he allowed zero. Uh, Tyler Larson allowed one. Cornelius Lucas allowed one. Gibson allowed one, and Charles Leno allowed one. He allowed three hurries. That's what he. That's what he allowed. Uh, but like you said, Gibson was <laughs> a whopping thirty-nine. They put him in pass block five times, yeah, and that's probably that. why. Probably why. So yeah, that's that's um, that's your pass blocking stats. Yeah, pass blocking stats for uh, the game. And now I want to show you the run blocking ones because uh, it's it's you know I think you'll get a good idea if we can if we can go ahead and show both. So for run blocking, Cam Sims, 11 run block snaps, but they didn't run the ball that much, but I thought I want to show this. Charles Leno also, for a lineman perspective, was number one at 74.9 points, 18 run blocking snaps. So Charles, Charles Leno. Our best lineman this year. Man, yeah. it's crazy, isn't it? And not Brandon. Brandon Sheriff was third, but so Tyler Larson had 12 uh, run blocks at center. He had a 68.5 score, and uh, Brandon Sheriff had 20 run blocks for a 65.2 score. So and everyone else was just kind of, eh, you know, nothing crazy. You, Eric, Eric Flowers Eric did Flowers really bad, bad. And Cornelius Lucas did very bad in the run. 
you can see there 20 snaps for a 55 oh, I talked big about you last week, Eric. I know. John Bates, too, man. Look at that. Not good uh, run blocking at all, which is something yeah. we're hoping to see him do better and do more of. But you know, got it. Got to step it up. Got to step it up. He 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 definitely though was left in some weird situations with Micah Parsons though. What Ray? What Ray's do? Reyes was out with a concussion. No, he played. I seen him run out there. He got a penalty. He he got. To, he came out. Samus Reyes had one one run block play <laughs> for a score of sixty points. He got a penalty on kick return or some shit. Yeah, we didn't hear we didn't hear too much of him. Um, and the final one I want to show you is the coverages. So it's the coverages of the our defensive backs on the Dallas wide receiver. It's actually a pretty cool, pretty cool stat, believe it or not. Um, so you can look at each individual person in coverage and see how they did against what receivers. Not too bad. So Kendall Fuller was pretty much lined up against all of the receivers, including the tight end. And he did overall, he did pretty damn good. 90, 90.9. That's a phenomenal score. Right. Getting that pick definitely helped, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, William Jackson, 43, not good at all. Explain how he has yeah, a 43 and all of his individual stuff. So I think they're, I think they're, I think they're doing uh, also against the run. So this is not just uh, passing. This is just, cumulative you can see the the grades versus the individuals but you overall there's there's much more to it than than just that uh cole holcomb 85.6 played really well had that pick uh that pick six god that, hey, i'll I take back what i said I that. that's, that's one of my favorite plays of the year i'm sorry when was yeah. the last time we had a pick six i i have no idea uh cam curl look at cam curl that's Same a solid thing. score. It is, isn't I'm it? I'm telling you, this defense played really good contained ball. Yeah. All right, what's the name um, score on defense? Landon had Landon. a 34.1. So he must have struggled in somewhere else. Right I have to go look at the individual grade. I think he struggled in the run game. He got Oh, he, he got did give him, he gave up that touchdown to Amari Cooper. Yeah. They credited, yeah, they the credited him with that. I said it was McLean, but just it was him. I guess it was him. Yeah. But let's let's be real. Landon Collins should not be covering Amari Cooper. No, should not. He also had a. Um, uh, I'm sorry. If you go down to Jamin Davis, 61, pretty good. Played well against Amari Cooper. By McCain, 62. Danny Johnson, only a couple snaps, 72. Shaka Tony, 48. Overall, you can see how all these people did against CD Lamb. So it's pretty cool. I'm how sorry. That's so Shaka Tony on CD Lamb. Yeah, he gave up a res- one reception for 12 yards. They did that, that little trade drop back in that little zone went over on him. That's pretty impressive if you think about it. CD Lamb should get way more than 12 yards with Shaka Tony covering. Well, Dev is right. I'm I, probably what happened was we dropped into a zone, the ball got yeah. thrown near. Near oh, I understand how I'm just saying. That's still, <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. It's funny though. One. Give him some credit. I guess the only guy I've seen on our team that's good enough on that is Casey Tuhill. He's actually really good at that. Yeah. No one else on the team I've seen is good. Counting Young and uh, Sweat. Well, Casey okay. Tuhill also can't really rush, so you know, drop right. him. He's good at that. Then, uh, other than that, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Here's the cumulatives and coverage. For all of our people on the defense, Landon did not I do mean, well in coverage. Kendall Fuller had the most targets, but look, he had a four receptions for 15 yards against him. That's awesome. That's awesome. He did a great job. Absolutely. Cold number Cold two. Did a good job too. Number I mean, three. he left he left that one twenty. He left one a twenty yard reception and a thirteen yard reception. But that's yeah. it. I mean, he only allowed two catches on five targets. William Jackson seemed to take the bear of the uh, punishment with five receptions, 60 yards. No touchdowns, but. See, William Jackson, has that, William Jackson has that, yeah. He has that 124 yard they gave him for that pass interference. So, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, you got the 25 yard, you take that out the 60, he only has like 30-something yards against him on five receptions. That yeah. Really I, 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 honestly, honestly, I think there is something to that because 
I didn't think William Jackson played well at all. In fact, it's funny to give him kind of a nasty score on because he allowed Zeke to catch a ball near him, but he also stopped Zeke short of the first down with 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 because he ran up on the coverage and got him right as he caught the ball. Right. Yeah. He did his and job. Here, here's the Dallas ones. Just we'll just go through these very quickly, but uh really just like Trevon Diggs. Didn't do well against Ricky Seal Jones. I don't know why. He's only one target. But Cam Sims had two receptions for 50 yards and a and a and a 43 yarder. But it seems like he probably locked him down everything outside of those, you know, a one reception for seven and one reception for 43. But outside of that, it looks like he had him locked down pretty well. Because if I remember, Phil, we would we were talking about how man Trayvon Diggs is on CD or on um Cam Cam Sims every play. Every play. Mm-hmm. So since Edwin Terry went down, uh, Leighton Van Der Esch did, yeah, he did really well, actually. <laughs> he covers that dude. Uh, Michael Parsons, uh, 64 mid, mid level, probably didn't, didn't, probably didn't ha- ask to do too much in coverage. And then, uh, yeah, they didn't have too much, uh, cumulative passing coverage, I guess, because we weren't really doing a whole lot, but. Yeah, that's that's the passing stats, fellas. So let's go ahead and move on to uh, – it's going to be a hard one, but game balls. Phil, let's start with you. Give me a game ball for offense and defense. Game ball on defense first because there's some to go around, but I'm going to give it to Landon Collins. I mean, come on, two yeah. sacks and a pick. I don't care what PFF ratings say, two sacks and a pick is productive. Yeah. Um. I mean that was just his coverage grade to be off to be to be fair. I'll see if I can pull up his overall grade for that game. Yeah, but, but two two sacks and a pick is is it's basically I mean he's doing that as a Buffalo nickel. That's what you want him to do. I mean, he's really kind of found his niche pass rushing out of that. He's always been a pretty good blitzer from the safety position anyway. So I think this really plays to his strengths. I almost would give it to Cole Holcomb, but because he had the pick six. And that was an impressive return, too. But um, Landon Collins was doing his stuff early when everything else was struggling. And I think that helped keep us in the game. Definitely helped Dallas, you know, keep. I think he probably kept Dallas from uh, a couple different scoring opportunities with his plays. Um, offense, I'm going to go Cam Sims. Yeah. It's a good one. I mean, you really can't go anyone else. Cam Sims made a incredible catch on Dallas's best corner. He brought the ball in. He held on to it. That's what you want him to do. I always, I've been saying this for since this podcast began. Cam Sims, six five receiver who can high point the ball. What he did is what he should be given an attempt to do at least once a game. Just yeah. throw it up there. Name me four corners in the league who are going to be able to get up there with cam sims when he goes to high point of ball very few especially if it's one-on-one you, you, you gotta yeah. his his chances have got to be at least like 60 40 at minimum well, yeah yeah i mean honestly of all the corners in the league one of the ones who i think who could physically hang with him plays for us yeah in saint juiced yeah because saint juiced is six three I think uh, not Jackson, I think Jackson's tall. I think Jackson's a tall corner too, isn't he? Yeah, and he's six one. He's still four inches short. Right. Okay. So there's my game balls. All right. So you had Cam Sims and uh, Landon Collins. Landon. All right, Dev. Who you got? Not Cam Sims or Landon Collins. Make you think. Damn, you feel? Oh uh, well, on defense, I'll go with the. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I'll go with uh, Fuller. Uh, okay, well. that's a good I one. Think, uh, yeah, he did a good, pretty good job of guarding this man. Um, what was his password? You said it earlier. It was uh, it was in the nineties. He was nineties. Yeah, he was up there. Yeah, so I'm going with him. On uh, on offense. Oh, man, it's it's hard Slim to picking. hard. It's hard to say, man. And I, and I guess I will have to go. With uh, Kyle Allen, man. Uh, okay. Let us down there on the touchdown run. It got us back in the game. Uh, would have liked to see what he had done if he hadn't uh, tricked the game by throwing a 
Yeah, it would have been it would have been fun. We would I I think he would have given us a chance. I would like to see Heineke in that situation though. I feel like that's that's the situation he's born for. Yes, that's that's where I was going. That's that's his situation. He's lived up to it many times this year. Right. So I thought okay. I thought it was on when he dove in the end zone. I thought it was Heineke time, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. So you went with um. On defense, you went with who'd you go on defense? Fuller, Fuller, Kyle, uh, Kendall Fuller, and then you went with uh, Kyle Allen. Okay, my game balls on offense, Charles Leno, because he played his ass off on the line. But I gotta give an honorable mention to uh, Jonathan Williams for his first touchdown of the year. That was that was pretty cool coming in. Uh, but really, Charles Leno on defense. Phil, you went with um, you went, I went with, with Landon. Landon. So I know uh, where you're going to go, and you should go there. <laughs> Dev went with um, Fuller. Fuller. So I got to go Cole Holcomb. I was torn between Cole Holcomb and Cam Curl, but it could have given either one of them. But I'll give it to Cole Holcomb. Just I would have bet. I would have bet you would have picked uh, Curl. I thought you was going to go Curl. I'm yeah, Curl was all over the place. I mean, even just from where we were sitting, you could tell that dude was just flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. But the pick six really just kind of sealed it for me. But it, it could have been a toss-up. Either one deserve it. Um, so yeah, fellas. So as we close this out, not to get into an Eagles preview because we'll do that live Thursday night at 8 30 PM East coast standard time on here. Where do we go from here? What's what's next? Ron came out. I listened to his press conference today on the way to work. No evaluation on Taylor just yet. Seems to be okay. He is the starting quarterback if he's healthy. He was pretty adamant about that. But what what's happening, like Deb was saying earlier, is now we were, I think we're up to nine on the COVID list, if not more. And those guys have got to clear before Sunday. So it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be available. Now, I wonder if they'll play it different because it's I if I'm not mistaken, they think that's the Omicron var- variant. Yeah. Um, but- all they have to do is have two positive tests before Sunday. That's all. That's the only thing that's required. And hopefully that is doable, but we shall because, see. Uh, the only reason I bring that up is because apparently that variant is weaker. It's a lot yeah. more mild. So I figure, well, if they determine that that is the variant, why? I don't know if we should. Uh, there should be some kind of consideration given to an exception. Yeah, that, that's just me. You know, I know some people would uh, certainly disagree with me, and 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 they're free to do so. But I'm just trying to think logically about this. I mean, you know, if if you're trying to mitigate risk, you would be more concerned if it was a Delta variant or an original variant of COVID nineteen. Not so much uh, the Omicron variant, but that's yeah. with so with so many break outbreaks. Though you would think if you're Philly, you would be like, "Look, I don't want to play these guys." <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just I'm just being real. Like, I'll be like, "Man, I don't want to play these guys." Hey, make a good point, bro. Like, a, it seems to be a big outbreak because I think it, we got it from the Raiders, in my opinion. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys start outbreaking next. There was. Uh, yeah, uh, just today, I want to say 37 people got added across the league. 37. Mm-hmm. Right. So out, Raiders had an outbreak. Then we got it from them. And I think we probably, I'm pretty sure the Cowboys are going to have an outbreak. Then you'll find yeah. out. If I, if I was the Eagles, I mean, I would be like, man, I don't want to really. I'd make a fuss about it. I'd try to postpone it for a week. I'd see if they could do that. No, they can't. Honestly. I mean, they're finding teams. If Remember, if you can't feel a team, you forfeit. Uh, that's a loss. Right, yeah, but I'm not, not about there. the I'm not about that life. Yeah, we're not there. We're far from that, but it, it's going to be interesting. We don't have Sunday. a defensive lineman at all. Well, we yeah, don't have a defensive whole... end at all, at all. We don't have any defensive linemen, basically. Thank goodness, Jalen. How much you weigh, bro? Unhealthy. <laughs> you me? Too small for a defensive lineman. I'm a little too small for a defensive lineman. There was a time I wasn't, but uh, I'm I'm just a little. I'd be under. I'd be an undersized defensive tackle. I'd be Barry Cofield. Um, Barry I could do a little third down pass rush action right now and get pancaked every play. <laughs> I had to throw. I had to throw out the name for the pass because he 
I was actually a big Barry Cofield fan. Yeah, I thought I like that guy Barry. played his ass off for being about hey man, 20 pounds too good, light for the nose. Be a but, good time um, to go get Junior Gallet. Just throwing yeah. that name out there. Oh, Jesus. Three fifty-eight. No. Barry Brian Cofield Jr. came. Brian was Brian he Jr. after? Uh, Barry oh. Cofield was after Terrence Knighton, wasn't he? Um, no, no, no I was before. He was he before. before. Yeah. Barry Cofield was. Uh, he came from Dallas. He came from Dallas. Yeah, no, yeah, he yeah. came from the Giants. Jason Giants. Hatcher came from Dallas. Jason Hatcher came from that. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's it. Hatcher was a disappointment. Cofield for everything else. I mean, he's playing out of position. He's not a natural nose tackle, but the dude tried to put on weight, and he just he he was a. You want you like guys like that. He reminds me of some of the guys on on our line now, where it's just like it's just balls out every play. Like yeah. he will give you everything, and you know. Jonathan Allen, same way, gives you everything. Deron Payne gives you everything. Those guys are playing in position and are more talented. But uh, yeah, I, no one ever shows Barry Man, Cofield uh, some love. So I figured I would with, with with my little my little joke. But yeah, I'm a I'm about forty pounds, fifty pounds too light to be a defensive tackle uh, in the NFL. Now here's the thing. Um. So as you all know, me, Steve and I were at the game today, uh, this past Sunday. This is the first time Steve and I have met in person. Yeah. All right. Confession time, Steve. You're about two inches taller than I realized. <laughs> two, three inches taller. For some reason, I thought you were like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, yeah. Because I always see you sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> like You'd never take a picture standing up next to something I could gauge your height with. No, so, I sure don't. Like, you know, even Steve's like Facebook pictures and everything i can never get a good gauge of how tall he is and i walk in i'm like this dude's my height yeah what the hell <laughs> yeah which actually means that you know if, if rod was here we'd have four guys over six foot we could you know all we need to do is find a point guard and we might be able to field a decent uh pickup game that's nah, right I'm done. I'm not, i don't have one trip up the court <laughs> it's over. Hey, what happened to i could run four six in a month so we told Anthony Armstrong a couple weeks ago. Half court. Right? I'm in. I'm in. If I have half court, I got you. Yeah, half court, I got you. <laughs> Just play offense. Well, no, no, no. You got one game. You're, quarter, Dev, Dev, you're going to have to play post because if Rob was on our team, he's six. What is he? Six three, six four. He's yeah, six he's four, up right? There. But he he says he wants to play wing. Like he just wants to stand out there and spot up for threes. He wants to be that stretch five. Yeah. He wants to be Kevin Durant, but he hates Kevin Durant. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Good times. Well, man, fellas. Uh, hold on, Wayne. My boy uh Hog on the Mountain said on uh, Twitter that John Allen is on his way to Philly right now to spit on every doorknob. In that whole <laughs> shit, in my stadium, <laughs> running out the field. <laughs> do yeah. it. It's just funny as hell, man. Hog just do it to the offensive line. Twitter. You know, play. not to die too much in the Philly. We'll talk about that next week. But I'd rather, I'd rather see right now Hurts than Gardner Minshew. If you ask me, man, Minshew played it. Philly played a good fans game. are. You think our fans are fighting about quarterbacks right now? Yeah, it's Philly pretty fans bad. are in. Full on dumpster fire between uh, Gardner Minshew and Jalen Hurts right now. It is amazing to watch. Pretty good to see them paired up. That's why, you know, we always say it you got to get a quarterback that's up here and you got to get one that's down here. You got, you can't have them neck and neck. You just can't. Can't do it. Well, ours are neck and neck. I don't want to remember, bro. Remember, people, (laughs) Taylor Heineke was not the starter to begin the season. Despite what people think, these memories are short. We got Fitz. Fitz got injured. Fitz was up here. Heineke was down here. I mean, wasn't that huge gap, but there was a definite one, two. Yep. Well, fellas, let's close it out with some shout outs. Uh, Phil, go ahead. You got any shout outs before we close it out? Shout out to the Washington Football Addicts Facebook group. Let me explain why. Relative to the other groups that I'm in on Facebook, the level of conversation, the the, the discourse, the rationality of thought has been generally so much better than any other group I'm in by far. 
all these other groups is just one loss and they devolve into dumpster fires and some of the just everybody's hating each other and it's weird because it's like you people are like you know Dallas took over our stadium and then the response is well where were you uh (laughs) which I I threw that out there too because I was like well were you there because if you're not part of the problem um, and I get it because it's like people don't uh, FedEx isn't the greatest experience. Although I will say Steve and I actually had a really good pregame experience. You now we tailgated by the way, Steve is uh, a, a fantastic grill master. Taught me the, the virtues of duck fat on your wings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where do you buy duck fat at bro? secret it, you have to order it but it, you know you get like pam spray or butter spray just you know non-stick yeah, spray. spray it's duck fat yeah, spray duck fat so it's right. easy to apply yeah it's much easier just gets good flavor you know not yeah. only that but i mean those those things were tender like you put, the, yeah. put in your mouth wings come right off the bone it was wonderful but uh no we had a great experience i mean the tailgate was fun people had music going it was a tailgate experience it was great you know, there wasn't anybody acting stupid. Yeah. Um, that gold pass really does help getting into the stadium. Um, and it's not, I, I've actually had wor- much worse stadium experiences. So I got to say kudos to our, first of all, kudos to our group for being rational. Kudos to the experience, you know, uh, at FedEx. I mean, the fans were out, the fans were going Everybody's talking their shit. Um, but uh again, I, I'm gonna go back to our group. Our group, I think, has some of the best discussion of this team anywhere. That's including sports talk radio, that's including TV, that's including other Facebook groups, that's including Twitter. And I say this as someone who ventures down to all these other places and listens and, and reads objectively. Washington Football Addicts, man. If you're a member of the group, realize that you are in the best of the best, whether or not you want to agree with it. And I notice admins of some of these other groups are in our group, and I'm saying this out loud right now. You're, our group is the gold standard as far as discussing this team and not acting like a bunch of jackasses. Yeah, we're I think we're pretty good at screening criteria too. So if, if you just even look like the littlest of a non-Washington fan or or you're gonna sell some shit, you don't come in. No, yeah, we actually screen people. Like that's <laughs> yeah. like, hey, our numbers may not be as high as these groups, but if you look, you don't have a bunch of obviously fake profiles in our group. If yeah. they got in there, they slipped in, Dev. Yeah, if you have um, if you have 30 people that, whose profiles start with MD from Muhammad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we dip that shit in the bud. Yeah. Cool. So kudos Dev, our group for being awesome. Shout outs, Dev. Are you sleeping? Well, my shout outs to uh no, I'm, I'm not sleeping. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Yeah, kill your mistress. Oh <laughs> shout out to my city, man. I had a big uh, tornado hit. Yeah, fires um, up, man. Fires up to actually, uh, got electric and stuff, man. It's still going pretty bad. His whole family's been lost. Um, I'm like, get off, hit my gym, I hit my um, factory. I work at General Motors, I hit that place pretty good. The Corvette plant, uh, tore up my neighborhood real well. Uh, took the side off my apartment I live at, but I probably have stayed in my apartment maybe once in the last two months. I'm usually here at my girlfriend's house, so um. I didn't really lose anything, just some bricks on the side of an apartment that's not mine. So I was pretty fortunate. Just got, yeah. uh, I think, electric sound over there now. So that's pretty cool. That's crazy, man. Uh, that's a lot of people footage. doing it with a lot less. Right. You Shout know, out we to were... Steph Curry. I think he broke the record. <laughs> he he did. did. We were, <laughs> we were, we were talking with uh, Anthony Armstrong on last Friday and yeah. Afterwards, you're like, you text us and you're like, hey guys, I'm going, we're having a tornado. Check this out. And you post a video, and I'm just like, the entire half of the state is all red, you know, looking at the tornado, the severe tornado, you know, warning and watching. Man, it's insane. So glad you made it. I feel like experience. an ass because I, I honestly thought Dev like lived uh, a little east of that area. 
And, you know, for those who don't know, we, we're still friends with Rod. Yeah. And Rod was really worried, and I said, "No, no, he doesn't live anywhere near that. You're, he, he, it's okay. Don't worry." Yeah. And it's like, "No, he does." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, yeah, it's, it was on my, it was on my street, it was on my street." Uh, bro, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, like there's, 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 there's three, there's three that, yeah, it didn't think of it. There was three of them in our city. I think there was really four. They can't confirm it, but there was. But you know yeah, what's crazy, bro? Uh, it's three. December. It's December. Yeah. It ain't. It ain't and hurricane season. We'll see more about this. Messed up Thursday. It's the same weather, like seventy degrees, thunderstorms. Thursday, same so exact we, weather. The, the day prior? No, it's tomorrow. Are you Thursday. Talking about tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, Thursday, day after tomorrow. They're predicting yeah. seventy degrees, thunderstorms again in December. Man, so we're probably in the same situation, man. I so, hope not, bro. Yeah. Well. Yeah, shout out to you guys out there in, in Kentucky, the Bowling Green area specifically. And if you guys need anything, man, you, you know, you know, you come to us. We we got you, man. Um, shout out to all the Washington fans who who made the trek out to the game. We represented well. Uh, nothing we can do about opposing fans coming in uh, unless you're selling your tickets to opposing fans. But you know, for all we know, those people bought those tickets. Uh, in the beginning of the season like we did when they were much cheaper and before we knew what the records were. So it's bound to happen. All we can do is try to make a home stand for, I think we have um, two home games left, if I'm not mistaken, in total. Um, I know we play one in Philly. We got Philly at home as well. And then we also play um, the Giants. And then the home games left, we have, no, we have, Nope, I lied. Just Philly on the 2nd of January. Philly away next week. Dallas away on my birthday, the 26th. Philly at home on the 2nd. Giants away on the 9th. So, got to knuckle down, knuckle so, down. So, I'm going to do a little advertising for, for for the fan base. If you're going to come out to a game, come out to the Philly game. A, because Philly travels. But B, it is going to be Fan Appreciation Day. Um. I actually would be there if I didn't already have um, some plans for my son's part of his Christmas present will be new year's weekend. So I will not be at the game. Although normally I was a fan ambassador and for fan appreciation, but I can't make it. Um, They announced that for us a little too late, but you should go Um, show some support, be at the game. I know you may have your various qualms and your stupid reasons for not going. Put them aside. If you can go, go. Buy the tickets. They're still available. It's fan appreciation. They're going to do some some stuff for you, the fans. Um, you you should go. Yeah. I this is this is my plea, and I'm going to make it every podcast. If you can go go buy the tickets directly from the website unless you can somehow get them cheaper which i doubt you can on the resale market right now yeah buy the single game tickets they advertise them they're there go show out mitigate the philly fans because right. here's the thing i realize i, I relearn how much i hate dallas fans at this game it still doesn't top my hate for Philly fans. I do not want a sea of green in that stadium. Yeah, that'd be awful. I don't think it'd be as bad as Dallas, but they do travel well. You're right. And they will come to your stadium and try to fight you. doesn't matter where they are. They will try to fight you. Normally, you get that when you're a visitor in someone else's stadium. They don't care. They'll come to your stadium and try to fight you because that's what they do. And let's take it to their asses on the field on Sunday. So we'll be back on Thursday evening to preview the Dallas game. Trying to line up some, uh, excuse me, the Philly game. Trying to line up some Philly, uh, um, some Philly fans slash content creators to have an objective, or I'm not going to say objective. I would say biased opinion (laughs) that we can talk to about uh, our team and their team. So stay tuned Thursday evening. We'll be going live here on uh, all platforms: Facebook, YouTube, and twitter slash periscope and uh as always please 
go to the YouTube channel, like, and subscribe. You know, we really appreciate that. Come to the Facebook group, apply, come in, talk, engage. We love talking about, you know, all things Washington football in that group. So um, hit us up, follow us on Twitter at WF Addicts. Uh, and you see, see everyone's uh, handle up there. Deb will be back on Twitter. Excuse me, Phil will be back on Twitter one day. Until then, you can hit him up on IG at husky.muscle. So if you like, li- if you, if you like, I'm not calling it husky muscle, bro. I'm not calling husky muscle. I'm sorry. I'm not calling the grown ass man husky muscle, bro. Husky muscle. Yeah, you don't even know what part of me I'm talking about being a husky muscle either. And none of it I care about either. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, y'all. We're shutting it down. As always, thanks for listening. Peace and hail. <laughs>